Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The Bible is written for us to have insight. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God gives us insight into truth. Not only how to live now, but to live later. When you became a Christian, understand that the Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible came to live in you. So notice John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Just like today, the Christ followers of Paul's time needed to know that they were being obedient to God's will. Unfortunately for them, they didn't have easy written access to God's direction. Fortunately for them, however, they had the Apostle Paul. As he and other of the New Testament authors wrote their letters, these provided instruction to the church assemblies of that day. Pastor Mark is reminding us that just as Paul's various letters were inspired by God and used to bring maturity to the disciples of that day, those same letters will help us mature as well if we make use of them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 1 of his message, JSCs. just encourage you now to get you a Bible. If you're here in our campuses, you can raise your hand. You can turn to the book of Philippians, and maybe you're here today and you have a Bible. It's maybe a family Bible at home, or maybe you've never opened the Bible. You want to raise your hand. We'll show you where to go. For instance, there's your cheat sheet already. Philippians, New Testament, go to Matthew, kind of two-thirds of the way through the Bible, and halfway down in that New Testament is the book of Philippians. Turn to chapter 3, chapter 3. And again, just encourage you to do that because you're going to want to watch as we go through the teaching today how all of that works itself out. Now, the opening picture is something you probably don't want to look at, but it's okay. We've seen it for seven or eight days. Hurricane Irene. As you know, a few days ago, the East Coast, millions of people were warned to get ready. Because there's an appointment coming. There's a hurricane coming. They don't know where it was going to go. They don't know the timing of it. They don't know whatever. We still don't know what's going to happen in New York this afternoon. And we're four or five or six hours yet until it really hits New York. And the high tide is going to be there and all the rest. But they were told to prepare. There's an appointment. It's coming. We don't know exactly when, but it's definitely coming. Now, most people, I'm sure, got prepared. But you know people, don't you? Some of them just go, yeah, 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 forget it. And, of course, they're the ones you have to go out and rescue. I saw this morning in the paper, somebody out here in Bavard County, oh, the waves are good, let's take our boat out. Mm-hmm. Of 
Coast Guard had to come and get them and bring them in. And now the time they're doing it, what are they saying? Smart or dummy? No, you don't have to even go there. But see, Paul's going to tell us this morning, key word today is appointment. Paul's going to tell us this morning, every single person that's listening to me right now, you have two future appointments. Like a hurricane, we don't really know when those appointments are going to happen. But I know exactly what's going to happen when they come. And that's because God tells us. So we're going to look at two future appointments that Paul's going to teach about. And I'll I'll just say this to you. Guaranteed is going to happen to you. So you want to listen today because it's about you and it's about my future. Now, to get into that, we have to understand the heart of Paul. So we've been studying in Philippians chapter 3, Paul's focus on running his race and finishing it well. Let's begin in verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it. Paul just simply says this. I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived yet. I'm still striving. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to the goal, the goal. Now, when you think about that goal, Paul is saying the goal is heaven. I press on the goal to win the prize. What's the prize? To hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, which God has called me. Every one of us have at least three calls. We talked about that. Call to salvation, call to sanctification, then the call to serve. He called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So, Paul is saying to the church at Philippi, and of course he's teaching us this morning as well. Let's just review it very quickly. He says, there's one thing that I do. I'm focusing on one thing. And we use this little ball to kind of remind us what he was saying. Paul said this, I'm always striving to have God as the center of my life. Everything I do revolves around God. Sometimes I move God to the center, and I actually become the center. He says, no, I have to move the back. I haven't arrived yet, but I keep moving God back to the center of my life. I'm running a race. I've been called to do it. And as I'm running it, I want to make sure that I'm focused because this race has much to do with getting to heaven. And second, hearing those words, well done. It has to do with the goal and the prize. Nothing else really matters. See, we're just traveling through. So Paul was constantly putting that priority of one out. One, what is Paul saying? He says, I want to invest my life serving God by serving others. When you and I became a Christian, a Christ follower, God deposited into us, we're like a spiritual bank account. And a The minute you turn into a Christian, that makes you two things. A servant, we're going to serve God, and the Old Testament, kind of New Testament term, steward. We would say today, an investor. So I'm a a servant, and I'm an investor. I'm an investor. And I'm responsible 
for my serving, not responsible for yours, and my investing. And we learned last week, because sometimes people say, well, what do I have to invest? Here's what you want to understand we have. Our spiritual bank account, there's three main keys. One, my time. Everyone here has the same amount of time. The most important commodity you have in your life is time. We're all going to spend it at the end of the day. I can't get it back. Tomorrow's a new one, maybe. So that's the most important thing. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, redeem the time. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. So time is in my spiritual bank account. Second talent. All through the Bible, we're seeing that God gifted people. He gifted you. You have spiritual abilities. It could be those motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12. Or it could be a mixture of that and the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. Or some of us have those ministry gifts with that, Ephesians chapter 4. Myself, pastor, teacher. So we have those, and I'm responsible for how I use that. Which obviously includes my time. But so are you. It isn't just these like quote professionals, and by the way, there are no professionals here. We're just Christ followers. Forget the titles. But the third thing we have is all our possessions. Everything you have in material possessions came to you because of God's grace. God owns everything in the world. And so my money and my possessions and my house and my car and all those things that God enables us to have, they're all God's. And so I have to invest those things wisely. Now, it's not a hard thing to understand because God doesn't just put those in the bank account and say, well, have a nice life. No, he equips us with the Holy Spirit to give us insight and wisdom and power to do that. And we learn with the woman at the well, if you look at your spiritual priorities, if you look at that spiritual bank account, there's one thing that always rises to the top. I'm to invest my life serving God, which means I have to serve people because God's in heaven. And the greatest thing I can do for serving people initially is to share the gospel with them. We learned that. And so that I'm going to give an answer to in the future. Now, Paul then begins with verse 15, kind of dividing the church a little bit into two groups. Watch it. All of us who are you can circle this word, mature, should take such a view of things. So Paul says this, if you're a mature believer, and he was teaching the church, he's looking at you and me, if you're a mature believer, and you can ask yourself this morning, well, am I a mature believer? Well, I'll tell you how you are. Mature means you grow and you get it. You're a mature believer if you're investing your life serving God and serving others. If you're doing that this morning, you're a mature believer. If you're putting God first in the middle of your life, you're a mature believer. So Paul says, if that's you, you're a mature believer. Now look down to verse 16 quickly. And then he says this, if that's you, keep it up. That's really what verse 16 means. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Don't go backwards. You're moving forward. Good job. Just keep going. So the first group of people he's talking to is this. Those of you that are listening to me, Paul says, Put Christ in the center, keep him in the center, serve God, serve people, share the gospel. You got it. Because there's the reason he's passionate about it, he doesn't share it here, he shares it in another one of his writings. 
you're going to see there's an appointment coming. There's two appointments coming. That is why he's passionate about this. So his, his goal is this. Be prepared for the future. Notice what he says as he's doing this. He's really proactive and he's really an encourager because he's saying this. He's not saying, if there's anybody out there that's mature, I don't really think there is, but if there's anybody, no, he doesn't say that. Notice what he says, all of us who are mature. So Paul was an encourager and he just looks out because he's in prison, he can't see the people he's really writing to. But in his, in his mind, he looks out and he goes, I know, I know you're listening. I know you're investing. I know you're serving. I know you put God first. And you're doing it not because you have to or I wrote it to you. You're doing it with passion. And he says, I'm, I'm so thankful to you. But if I know the heart of God is to care for the lost... If you really don't care for the lost, you're going to find yourself in the second group here. You don't want to be in the second group. The second group is the immature believer. You say, well, doesn't matter. It's not going to have any effect on me in the future. <laughs> Listen this morning. There's a day of accountability coming. Well, then I'm going to have to witness. and say, No, 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 you missed it. Watch, watch. But first, all of you that prayed and had an opportunity, great job. Thanks. Keep praying. Keep inviting. By the way, I'm not changing the homework assignment. Same thing. For those of you that blew it, you get another chance. Grace. Grace. All right. Now, so first group, these people who are mature. They're not perfect. They're far from it, just like all of us. But look at verse 15, the second part of it. Paul's realistic, just like I am. Notice what he says. If at some point some of you think differently, then that too God will make clear to you. So what is he saying? If some of you say on this teaching to put Christ in the center of your life and and make sure you're serving God with your gifts passionately and your money and you're sharing the good news whenever God opens an opportunity. If some of you disagree with that priority, notice he doesn't say, well, go to hell. No, he's writing to Christians. What he says very kindly is this, God will make it very clear to you that you have the wrong priorities. This is a very important point. Paul says, If you don't agree with what I'm teaching, by the way, Paul says, what I'm teaching is what God told me to write. But if you don't agree with putting God in the center, then Paul says, I already know who's in the center of your life. You see, your world, as an immature believer, revolves around you. My time, my talents, my money. It's not yours, God. Paul says, well, that's incorrect, but I can't change you. Now, I'm a... Type 2A++++ guy. I'd love to control you and change you. But I'm married, and I understand that. And if you married, you understand that. Still trying to change your spouse? Good luck for that. Did it ever work? Yes. After they die, you can say it worked. Other than that, it never worked. So I can't change you. Paul, notice what Paul says. Paul doesn't say, I'll change you. No, I can't change you. So all Paul's going to do is pray for them and keep teaching the word. 
That's what, for those of you that, and I say this very kindly, Paul wasn't negative. I'm not negative. Paul says, if you don't get it yet, God will show it to you. I know that's true because sometimes it took a long time in a certain area for God to get through to me. So God will get it to you. What's he going to try to get to you? That you want to always put God in the center of your life. Now, here's the question. When Paul says, eventually God will make it clear to you, what does that mean? How in the world is he going to make it clear to them? And why is he saying, you better get it? Because Paul knew there were two appointments coming. These people probably were clueless about it. And you might be clueless today. There's two appointments coming in the future that have to do with how we do life. So how will God make these truths clear to these people? How will they see it? Here, Listen to what he writes in Ephesians. Paul says this, speaking about the church. I pray for you constantly, asking God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. So Paul says, some of you don't get the priority yet. There's two future appointments coming, but you don't get it yet. So all I know to do is to keep teaching, but I'm praying for you that your eyes would be open to the truth. For instance, in the hurricane today, some of those guys in New York and in Virginia, when they saw what happened in North Carolina and the flooding and the disaster, and all of a sudden they go, whoa, my eyes are, I better get this place boarded up. All, when they saw that, they, they changed. Their eyes came open. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm praying that you will see the truth of what I'm saying to you. So how will God, for you and me, and anything that we're confused about, how will he make it clear? Write this down this morning. The Bible is written for us to have insight. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God gives us insight into truth. Not only how to live now, but to live later. When you became a Christian, understand that the Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible, came to live in you. So notice John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So what did Paul know? Paul knew this. The more people listened to him, which at that time was the word of God that they didn't have. They might have had some of the Old Testament, but the average person didn't have that. So the more they listened to Paul teach, which was the word of God, the more they listened to him, and the more they began to think about it, he says, I know the Holy Spirit is going to open your eyes and it's going to become clear. That's why Satan wants to get us out of the word of God. Now, we have the written word of God today. In a million Bibles and a million forms and radio programs and pastors and teachers and all kinds of things. We have so many ways. But Paul was just saying this. Approach the word of God, submissive and expectant. So I want to say to you this morning that maybe don't get this principle yet. That God should always be in the center. And that means if you're going to have the heart of God, you will have the heart to pray and look for an open door to share the gospel, plus all the other things, the investing of your time and your resources and your gifting. You will have it. So if you don't get it quite yet, I just want to say to you this morning, be submissive to what you're hearing me say. Be expectant because God's going to open your eyes. And the reason I want you to open your eyes is those two appointments Paul's going to teach us about affect you and me 
greatly. You see, there is a day coming, and Paul's going to teach us about that, where as we do this, there's going to be consequences. Present day actions have eternal consequences. Present day actions have eternal consequences. You see, there's a day coming of accountability. Paul knew that. So he's basically saying, please get it. Please get it. I can't, I can't get it. To you please get it. Just be ready. Get it. Now, there are two future appointments coming. Two. So I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and just look him in the eye. And I want you to say this. There's two future appointments coming for me. Go ahead and do it. Just, all right, I'm watching you. Make sure you're saying it. There's how many? Two. Are they in the future? Yes, they're not coming today, although they could. There's two future appointments coming. Now, this week, I had an appointment. I got in the mail my driver's license renewal. You've been to the office too, I see. The line's coming out till Jesus comes. So I had the sheet. I had an appointment. I had all the things I had to get ready for. And so I had to make sure I had my passport, my social security card, my voter registration, my car insurance, and of course, my checkbook. Those are all things I had to have, and I had to get there. And I wanted to have them ready because I knew they're going to look for all those things. If I don't have one of them, I got to go back home again and get in that line forever again. So I wanted to be ready for the appointment. So Paul has passion to finish the race well, not just his, because he was responsible for the people he taught. And so all Paul is saying is, I want you to get ready today for the appointments that are coming in the future. And Paul began to write in some of his other books about these appointments. So let's turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, and we're going to see the first appointment we have. There's where you can see Hebrews, all two-thirds basically through the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. This is going to be the first of our two appointments. And if you like to write in your Bible, I'll show you how to do that because it's a good reminder for all of us. Paul says this in, in Hebrews 9, 27. Just as man is destined to die once. So that's the first statement. And after that, the judgment. That's the second statement. So here you can write, if you want to die, you can just write a number one in front of that. Face judgment, you can write a number two about that. And we'll get there in a moment. So in that verse are the two appointments everybody, not just Christians, everybody will have in the future. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reiterated the Apostle Paul's goal, which was to forget the past, successes and failures, and to exert himself to get the prize he sought, which was to hear God's well done. We were reminded about our spiritual bank account and our need to invest the contents of that account toward the furthering of the kingdom of God. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, JSCs. We will find out more about what we can expect when we stand alone at that time of judgment. We'll hear about the rewards we might receive then and what those rewards are based on. We will learn the concept of the gap the gap between God's potential for us and our actual performance and how we can close that gap. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through his series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.